Welcome to the Anti-Average Podcast. My name is Justin Carrico, and my goal is to help you step into everything that you have been created to be. My goal is to help you stick it to the status quo. That's who this podcast is for. I want to provoke you towards your potential, and I want to help you be better, do better, and achieve more. Uh, We have had some awesome podcasts in the last, if you haven't listened to the Simple Growth or the podcast with Jeff Henderson, I want to encourage you to go back and to watch that or listen to it. Uh, great value there. Jeff Henderson was a Forbes top 20 uh, speaker. He is an author and just an incredible time learning from him um, and being able to pick his brain and ask him these questions. Uh, but today we're, we're shifting our focus a little bit. Uh, we are going to look at today uh, five ways to increase your value as a leader. Five ways to increase your value as a leader. Now, maybe you're listening and you're like, hey, I'm I'm not a leader, uh, so this podcast is not for me. I would say that is not true. Everyone is leading someone. Someone's watching you. Someone's watching how you live life. Someone is watching how you parent. Someone is watching you in your job, and they are learning from you, and you are leading someone else. John Maxwell says that leadership is just influence. And I would say that every person has influence in someone else's life. So five ways to increase your value as a leader. Now, more specifically, uh, this will be geared towards maybe business, nonprofit, some kind of organization. But uh, at the end, I'm going to tie it back together even to how I live this out in my family. So I want to encourage you stick around to the end and see how this out here really can play out for you. So five ways to increase your value as a leader. And this actually comes directly from a story in scripture. Um, Now, whether you are a believer or not, whether you uh, ever read the Bible even, I I promise you that the five things that come from this particular story can absolutely make an impact in your life and add value to it. I was reading in 2 Samuel, reading in 2 Samuel, and I came across this statement that was made to uh, King David uh, by one of his soldiers. They're about to go to war, and and I'm going to fill you in on some of the context, but about to go to war, and one of his soldiers comes to him and tells him, you are worth 10,000 of us. You're worth 10,000 of us. Now, as a leader, or even just as a human being, how would that make you feel? If someone comes to you and says, listen, your 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 value to my life, your value to this organization, your value to this business, whatever, is the same as if there were ten thousand other people. I'm I'm just imagining David feeling this in the moment, and I I started then questioning: How do you get to that place where your organization or someone that you're leading or your family member, whatever it is? is saying, you're worth 10,000 people in my life. How do you get there? So I started reading all around this particular part in 2 Samuel, and and it kind of caught my attention because there are five things that actually happen that David did that I believe if you implement them in your life, you will start to see your value as a leader, your value and influence in someone else's life will increase because of the five things that David did. Now, I know that so many times we hear things, we receive information, and it doesn't always carry over to transformation. And so I've placed this uh, using the acronym VALUE so that you can remember it. 
uh, so that you can store it away and you can just think through, you know, obviously that, that V, what did that mean? That A, what did that mean? And so I've placed it in the acronym value to help you remember it and to retain it so that ultimately you put it into practice. Because if not, man, I'm wasting your time and, and I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that it actually matters to your life. So Second Samuel chapter 18, uh, if you ever get the story, you want to go back and look at it again, Second Samuel 18, it's only four verses. Uh, it starts off with, it says, now, uh, it says, David now mustered the men who were with him. David now mustered the men who were with him. That word mustered, um, it's just not a word that we we use all the time. You know, when somebody says mustard, I think about a hot dog with ketchup. Uh, that's not what is is happening here. So it, he mustered them. That word means to gather. It means to rally. It means to inspire the men who are with him. And so I want to give you some context into this passage in 2 Samuel 18. Um, David is on the run because his son Absalom has stolen the throne from him. Listen, you think you got family issues? Uh, King David had some family issues. So his son has taken over the throne. They're battling. They're about to go to war with each other. And and David isn't scared of war. In fact, it's the very thing that made him uh, this leader. It elevated him to this leader status because everyone knew that David was this mighty warrior. And so David looks around at these men who are with him and he wants them to be inspired. And so he gathers them together and he musters them. He, he gets them together. He knows this war is going to be a tough one. So he rallies them together to inspire them. And this is where we see our first leader lesson from 2 Samuel 18 and really the V part of value. As a leader, we have to vocalize the vision. As a leader, we have to vocalize the vision. Your team, your organization, your staff, your family, whatever the scenario is, your team needs to hear why, and they need to hear it from you. They need to hear the why from you. They need to know why their job matters uh, to you. They need to know why their job matters to the organization or the nonprofit. They need to know why their job matters to the community in which they live. They need to know what they're working towards. And, and your team has to know if they win, right? At the end of the day, if, you're, if your staff is going home today, if your team is going home today, and, and they get in the car and they drive away, how do they know that they won today? How can they, they, they be heading home in the car and they're thinking, you know what? I, I made progress today towards the win that we want. I, I won today. We made progress. We're working towards this. How do they even know the direction that they need to be working towards? As the leader, you have to vocalize the vision because here's the truth. People drift. Organizations drift. So my question to you is, when was the last time that you shared why your organization even exists? It maybe has drifted off course and you haven't even realized it because it's been such a slow drift, but people drift, organizations drift, and your people need to hear from you. They need to hear you vocalize the vision. And so King David gathers everyone around and he reminds them of the why, and he vocalizes this vision. Now, look at what happens next. Continuing on in verse one, it says, now David mustered the men who were with him and appointed generals and captains to lead them. Another way to increase your value as a leader is to acknowledge 
potential. Increase your value as a leader. Acknowledge potential. David looked at those men who were with him and he had seen them in battle before, right? He had fought alongside them. He knew who could be trusted. He knew who had the skills. He knew who was a warrior within themselves. And he appoints some of them as generals and as captains. Now, here's the key part. I want you to notice what he appointed them to do. It says to lead them. If you want to create followers, this is something I've always heard. If you want to create followers, delegate tasks. If you want to create leaders, delegate authority. I believe it's Craig Rochelle who said that. I don't know if he's it's original to him or not, but if you want to create followers, delegate tasks. If you want to create leaders, delegate authority. David calls his army together and he, he gives them this vision. He vocalizes the vision and then he calls out the potential in some of his men. He gives them his own authority to lead. Your organization, your business, your nonprofit will never grow if it centers around you. You have to acknowledge the potential of others and empower them with some of your authority. They, they, they have to be able to not only make decisions and to get things done, but they need to do it in the authority that you give to them, that you place onto them. So when you when you're watching your team, when you see someone who has the the potential to step into something, call it out of them, acknowledge it, and then give them some of your authority so that they can rise in the potential that they have and they can begin to help the organization. David couldn't be everywhere at all times making every decision and neither can you. I'm going to give you the flip side of this, so maybe it's weird to do, but if you can't do this, if you cannot uh, acknowledge potential in others, and if you cannot delegate authority and not just task, then here's the best encouragement I can give you. Um, stop hiring the best people. You've got to stop hiring the best people. It's foolish to hire someone who is the best at what they do, and then you micromanage them, and you put a lid on their potential, and every decision has to come through you, and everything has to come through you, and you're the control person of this. You will make them want to quit. I can tell you this from personal experience. If you hire the best and you do not acknowledge the potential that they have and you do not delegate this authority to them and you do not let them step into the potential, they will want to quit. They were created for more and they just need you as their leader to acknowledge that you see it and that you let them step into it. Empower them with some authority. Give them the acknowledgement that they have what it takes to lead in your organization, in your business, in your nonprofit. You have to acknowledge potential. You are expressing their value to you and to the organization. That leads to number three. As we're walking through value, we've seen vocalized division. We've seen acknowledge potential. Number three is the L, and it is lead with passion. I love um, what David does next. He he appoints the the generals, he appoints the captains, and he divides up his troops into those categories or those areas with the captains and the generals. And then he makes this statement um, also in verse two. He says, "I'm going with you." David said, I'm going with you. And this right here is the L. It's lead with passion. Lead with passion. David's men, his army, his team, his troops, they knew that David still had the passion 
to do whatever it takes. He was willing to do the dirty work. He was willing to go to battle. He was willing to go to war. He was going to fight hand-to-hand combat. He wasn't scared of it. He wasn't scared of getting his hands dirty. He would do whatever it took for them to win. He still was passionate about why. He still was passionate about doing what they needed to do, and he would do whatever it took. Let's be clear. Being a warrior is what led to him becoming this leader in the first place. So he knew how to get the job done, and he never lost that fire. He never lost it. He led with passion. But now this also leads to number four. You see, there comes a point in every leader's life when the talent that got you to where you are becomes the thing that keeps you from being the leader you need to be. I want to read verse three, and then I'm going to repeat that again so that you catch it and you fully understand it. When his men, he tells them, I'm going, here's what they say. It says in verse three, but the men objected strongly. You must not go, they urged. If If we have to turn and run, and even if half of us die, it will make no difference to Absalom's troops. They will be looking only for you. You are worth 10,000 of us. And it is better that you stay here in the town and you send help if we need it. They say it's better if you stay here and you send help if we need it. The fourth way to increase your value as a leader is to understand your role. Understand your role. Let me say this again. There comes a point for every leader when the talent that got you to where you are becomes the thing that keeps you from being the leader you need to be. David needed to understand his new role with this with this army, with these troops. He was no longer needed to fight hand to hand. His role was was bigger than that. And so many times we get caught and stuck in the day-to-day, right? You've always been involved in the day-to-day when you first came in and you found great success in that. And it ends up trapping you there. And as a leader, if you're going to vocalize the vision, then you have to be, you have to be able to think ahead and know where the the organization is going at all times or or your family is going at all times. If you're going to vocalize the vision, hey, here's where we want to go, then you got to know where the business or the nonprofit is at all times and where you're heading. You can't have your head down in the daily grind and expect to know where you're going next. As a leader, if you're going to acknowledge potential, then you have to be watching others work, right? Not just doing the work yourself. You have to watch somebody else work and then acknowledge that potential. Hey, they've got what it takes to rise up and to help lead this organization. They've got what it takes to step into this new role. And you can't do that if you're just doing all the work yourself. When you became a leader, you have to remember this. You no longer just work in the business or in the organization. You have to work on it. You have to be able to step back and to be able to watch it work and to be able to to lead in ways. And you have to step back and you have to work on it. You have to have the big picture stuff. And in David's case, his role as a leader was no longer to slay the enemy. It was to train the men. It was to send support. David didn't need to be out there fighting the enemy one-on-one. He needed to train the soldiers how to fight like he fought as a mighty warrior. He needed to train the, the generals and the captains how to make decisions the way that he made decision as king. He, he needed to keep his eye on the entire war 
so that he could anticipate the army's next move and he could lead them in that way. The you and value is to understand your role as a leader. So vocalize the vision, acknowledge potential, lead with passion, and then the you is understand your role as a leader. You have to work on it and not just in it. Last one is the E, uh, and it comes from verse four, and that is that you have to encourage intentionally. You have to encourage intentionally. This comes from verse four. He tells them, hey, I, they, they tell him, I want you to stay back. I don't want you to go to war w- with us. I don't want you to fight. I want you to stay back and send support if we need it. Help us if we need it. Listen to verse four. He says, if you think this is the best plan, I'll do it. The king answered. So he stood alongside the gate of the town as all the troops marched out in groups of hundreds and of thousands. He stood alongside the gate of the town as the troops marched out. I love the image of this. You have this guy who just rallied everybody together. He's like, man, I'm going into war with you. Let's go. He gets them all fired up. And and then they're heading out of the town and they've told him, you got to stay back. He didn't just go back to his uh, you know, castle or his bunk or wherever or in the cave. He didn't go back and just sulk. Instead, he positioned himself so that every soldier heading to war would see him. And it's one of those moments where I picture David standing at the city gate and and they were reminded he's a mighty warrior, that literally there were songs written about him, how he killed thousands and tens of thousands. And and, and they're heading out and they don't know if they're going to come back. And they're maybe even doubting or they're insecure about going out and going to this war. And yet as they walk out of the city gate, they see this mighty warrior standing there as if to say, I see you. I, I see what you're doing. And I want to cheer you on. And and some of them, you know, some of them probably didn't care. But some, I bet their chest kind of puffed up a little bit. And they became like, man, I I can, I'm going to go out and fight this war like David fought. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make a difference. And David can't go and he's going to stay back and he's going to send support if we need it. But I'm going to go out and their their chest just kind of puffs up a little bit more. And, and, they, and they get this little boost because of where David was. And he's letting them know, I see you. And he's encouraging them intentionally. This is one of my favorite uh, sayings to share with leaders is see it, say it. See it, say it. So many times we see someone doing something positive and we think, man, that was so nice of them or that was so good. or I'm so glad they did that. Or and maybe it's somebody on your team, but maybe it's a stranger. But we see something positive like, man, I can't believe they go out of the way to help somebody in the store. Or I'm so glad that they stepped in and helped this teammate or whatever it may be. And we see it and we think it, but we never say it. I want to encourage you as a leader, when you're talking about encouraging intentionally, the best and most practical way to do this is to see it, say it. When you notice someone doing something incredible, when you notice someone doing something right, when you notice someone doing something positive, when you see it, say it to them. We live in such a defeated culture. Everybody's down. Everybody feels defeated and out. They feel like they could do more. They, they never know if they're even noticed at all. They feel like they need that encouragement. They, they need someone to, to even acknowledge something in their life. And so I love this. If you see it, just say it. It won't take but a minute. But for, for them, the person that you say it to, it may forever change the way that they do something. 
They, they may remember that time when their leader said something to them like, man, they saw me do this. You know what happens? They repeat that. They're going to keep doing it. Why? Because you saw it and you said something about it. Uh, that whatever you want repeated, acknowledge it, say it, right? See it, say it. If you want to be intentional in your encouragement, I want to encourage you to see it and say it. If you do that, I can make a promise for this. When you see it and you say it, it will keep you from taking those you lead for granted because you're acknowledging, hey, you're adding value to our organization. You're adding value to our team. I, I see the value that you bring. And I'm just to say it to you. And so you see it and say it, but it also produces gratitude within yourself. You're so thankful for that team member. You're so thankful for that employee, for that staff member. You're so thankful that they're on the team. And it ends up, not only do you not take them for granted, but it ends up where it produces gratitude within you. And I, there may be different ways that you do this. I just want to encourage you to be you. And that some people will say, hey, do a handwritten note. I think it's great. If you are a handwritten note person, I can tell you that that's like a lost art. And that will be a huge way to do that. I know that uh, there's a, a business leader um, where I get to spend some time with. And for him, he, he hits his chest twice and then he points at the person like, hey, I see you. And, and that's a big deal to them. And so whatever it is, however you would do it, I want to encourage you to be you as you're doing this, but encourage intentionally. Go out of your way to find something good to say. See it and say it. The main point is your team needs to know that you care what they are doing and that you see them doing it well. So the best way to increase your value as a leader is to add value to your team. The best way to do that is to live out the acronym VALUE. Vocalize the vision, acknowledge potential, lead with passion, understand your role, and encourage intentionally. We're going to be posting some things on social media, on our Facebook page, which is Justin Carrico Leadership. Or you can, if you're watching on YouTube... Uh, love to hear the most valuable takeaway for you. Comment below when you see it shared on Facebook. I love to get your comments. I love to hear from you. That's the biggest thing is we want to hear from you. If you actually feel like this is adding value to you, we would love if you would review it. If you would subscribe. It allows us to reach more people with this content and to prayerfully and hopefully make a difference in their life as well. 